a job on a technicality of a legend who recommended you. You are nothing, you are a fool, and you are a waste of time. Good night. I'm, I, I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. I don't believe personal insults help it. And Jack Charlton is quite right to be indignant about that, and the gentleman in the yellow hat really exists nowhere in the firmament of international football. The ten-man board of the FBI, the clowns, are now going to put the names in a hat. They're going to pick people who they've read about in newspapers. Give it a blam and flash it into the net. What a goal that was. Of course, Celtic. I agree. Ronnie just wants to say the word Schweinsteiger. Bastian Schweinsteiger. Hello and welcome to a, a late emergency version of the Balzari football show. We're here to discuss Ireland's, uh, I don't know, what would you call it, maybe slightly... <laughs> All right. Well, there's Sean Meehan. Uh, a slightly disappoint, uh, disappointing performance for Ireland against Switzerland. I'm joined by Sean Meaton and Morris Brosnan. We're here late in the balls.e office after witnessing the events of the previous couple of hours unfold. Lads, how are we feeling after that one? Better than I did after the last game, to be honest. It's kind of it's like the you know the old uh, car salesman trick of anchoring. Like so, you set, say if a car is worth ten, you set your first price at 20 and then when they agree to 15 you've made a 5,000 bonus that's kind of what this feels like for me like the first performance was awful so the second performance even though it was pretty bad as well you feel much better after it because of what your frame references like I, I I like to continue the car salesman uh, uh, analogy I, I feel like Gil Gunderson uh, perpetually confident and hopeful but for no real reason so immediately after the Georgia match, I was like, ah, listen, it's a shootout now, boys. <laughs> One or two, that's all we need. So after this, I'm like, it's a cup final, lads. All we need is to win this one against Denmark. And I guarantee after the Denmark match, I'd be like, playoffs, boys, we're coming through. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't help it. It's amazing how often uh, the Irish football team are relevant to Simpson memes. <laughs> It's also very enjoyable, but it is amazing that it just seems to fit up so perfectly so often. Yeah. So I suppose we better talk about the game. Like, we were sitting here in the office when the team news filtered through, obviously, and it was all much as expected. Aaron Connolly started, which we were delighted with. Uh, there was Alan Brown was a bit of a surprise, but apart from that, the team was kind of as expected. But then the news came through that we were going to be playing a 3-5-2, and we were trying to put the pieces together with that, and then it emerged that... It was going to be James McLean playing left wing back. Enda Stevens is playing centre half. No Matt Doherty in the team, even though we were supposedly playing the the system that suits him best. And then it turned out it didn't matter because we abandoned it all 20 minutes in anyway. So what did you make of the team selection? Why would you set up a team in a formation foreign to them in a must-win match, which is what it was? I don't understand. And I know McCarthy would talk about how like a draw would be a good result. It's not a good result. A good result is getting through to the to the tournament. Everything else is a bad result. <laughs> That's like I don't understand this. There's no when when everything is as cut and dry as win you're in, draw or loss, it's no good to you. Why why would you then decide I don't mind an experimentation. Uh and I think you've been crying out, Gary, for a three five two oh, for, consistently. For God knows how long. But the difficulty in that is you're shoehorning uh, James McLean in there, with, with, like I know you're going to, and he's he's he, he's not going to abandon McLean after one in many bad performances, but particularly the one against Georgia, which was horrific. Um, 
So then you end up just sort of filling in, filling in spaces with like Stevens, a centre half. I know he might have played there a few times for Sheffield United, but Three he's not a centre half. Yeah. He's a wing back. You can see he's a Premier League quality wing back, um, and you're playing him at centre half. Yeah, because like doesn't, doesn't make sense. Like I said, I've been since before the campaign started. I was like three five two is just the obvious way to go for Ireland. If you look at the players we have, uh, it just it's so obvious that that's the system we need to play. But then to see it in action and to not have the players that should have been playing there in it, it made it all all the more frustrating. I would have preferred if you just stick with it, Morris. What do you make? Of like I yeah, I mean I I kind of disagree with Sean in the sense that I think like the the idea was solid. Like if the, the you know, Switzerland played whatever it was, a 3 4 3, three, three five, five, two, two, basically. basically but, uh, like when you've got uh, Fabian Scar, like if they, they've got ball playing centre backs who I think if it's three on one with somebody like James Collins and Ireland are going to try and play anyway direct, you're just going to get crowded out. And you probably need to have somebody else up top with them. If, uh, you know, you don't, at the same time, they're trying to reinforce the middle as well. Like I think the the, the idea was good. It's just as, like, as both of you said, the personnel probably wasn't the measure. And I actually think the. Like I don't really care. Like Mick has been like really clear about his own, you know, feelings about criticism of this team or maybe their playing style and stuff like this. And like to a certain extent, you can see where he's coming from. But like to my mind, like the issue isn't, you know, say at the very start of this, Scott Hogan was kind of a lightning rod for a lot of criticism and why is he selected and Connolly isn't in the squad. And like there is a, a a sense of me where it's like it's not Scott Hogan's fault. Like what more do you want Scott Hogan to do? Scott Hogan has said came up in a press conference and said he wouldn't have picked himself. You know, so he's... I don't know what more Scott Hogan can do. The issue is that you're picking players to do a job that they're not suited to be doing. So, like, Gary, if, <laughs> like, there's no point in picking James Collins and expecting James Collins to do anything other than what James Collins does. Like, And to be then criticise James Collins for doing what James Collins does doesn't really make sense. It's the same thing with this James McLean argument. Like, is we know exactly what James McLean is going to give what he will do I don't think he would even be under illusions that he played particularly well uh, last week certainly so if, if that's the issue why are you why is James McLean the issue why isn't it the fact that you've picked James McLean to do a job that he's clearly not doing like with the I, and that's what it kind of boils down to a lot with this Irish team like I think there's a lot of I know I, they're limited in what they can do I think McVeigh's put in a really horrible situation with the circumstance that he's in but there still should be scope to pick players better suited to do kind of what you expected them and I that's kind of the main fa- failing I think it's there's minor like stuff within selections that I think particularly irk Irish fans right now some of them is very hard to understand like I know we were talking in the podcast yesterday about James McLean and Jeff Hendrick McLean actually to be fair to him I thought wasn't to he was fairly improved tonight and kind of kept the ball better although he still wasn't great I think he could have done that, I, that's anchoring once again I think. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah it is um what I don't understand is like it's the cult of Jeff Hendrick as well. Like, what's like, and I I know like the personnel and not and not picking them for their correct position. Like, is Jeff Hendrick's like best position just that right midfield in a four four two where you've got two target men? Is that his best position? Is that the only way he can play football? Because I know he can play football in a midfield three. I know he can. He's done it many times before. But now that he's moved over to that right midfield spot where he's not really expected to do too much other than sort of facilitate what the other two centre mids are doing for Burnley, you let Dwight McNeil over the other wing have a bit of creativity about him and then you pick up the pieces then. Is that, is, like, has he decided now is that, that, oh, that's what I'm good for? 
everything else I'm not good for. All of the elements of my game that can make up a quite decent centre midfielder, I'm not going to play on. Because like there's odd times where he's just brain dead. You yeah. know? And I think he's actually spoken about this in the past. Like the the idea that maybe he hasn't really been informed since 2016, basically for Ireland. And I think he at the time I remember him talking about the fact that he keeps getting moved around. Like he's playing on the right, he's playing as a defensive mid. Like this is under Martin O'Neill now. And since then, it's been actually much of the same, really. Um, and but I, and again, I think that goes back to my point earlier. Like like the, if you've got players who are clearly out of form, I don't really think you persist with like. But with the, but Hendricks not out of form. He'll go back to Burnley and he'll put in another great performance. The difficulty with him is that he plays in one position for Burnley and then the position that he has been playing in for this Ireland team. I don't think Hendrick's been moved around an awful lot. I think there's. I a think his instructions in the centre midfield have kind of deviated and changed ever so slightly because McCarthy's still trying to get the best out of him, yeah. but he, he, for whatever reason, he just can't. You say that, though, that he's not out of form, but then there seems to be an outrageous double standard in that you're saying like you're right and you're saying that he's playing well for his club but he's playing terrible for Ireland so but should he be dropped but like then you have Callum Robinson who's playing better for Sheffield United than Jeff Hendrick is for Burnley and he's no problem whipping him off in every game and not starting him tonight he didn't even come on and like we can talk about who came on and that but like I think there is Mick he preaches these things about play how important playing time is and all this sort of stuff but then it only seems to, and form but it only applies to some but look we'll talk about the game uh briefly lads like the first half an hour were just was horrific like with the, the exception of darren randolph making a couple, a couple of good saves like i don't know what you could take away positive from the first 30 minutes or so i to be honest i i, I, I looking at it the Swiss didn't have like a clear, clear, clear cut opportunity until about just before half time with Seferovic and he blazed over. Like, I know he scores a goal from 20 yards, and you can say that, you know, Duffy should do this better and Hendricks, uh, Hendricks header out should be a bit like, should, should go further or it should at least try to take a kanji out of the game or Glenn Whelan should get his, like, these are so like split second decisions. I just think it, it's a good finish. Like yeah. you can't, you can do nothing about that. But the performance was bad. Yeah, it's more so on the ball that the problem. Yeah, was. we we don't do anything on the ball. It just seems like we we get the ball and it's nothing happens. And you need players that have to back themselves, and nobody backed themselves. Like you know, like Collins and Connolly. They, they, what what can they do? They're chasing. They're chasing after the ball. They're not getting it. Yeah, you it's know? a massive massive difference between like. Uh, ball long and uh, like you know like a ball over the top and a ball aimed right at you like the the you know if they are going to play direct the quality of ball is still really important like it yeah. can, it can, like there's a difference in playing direct and who finishes well like you know? the, the, and that's like the intrinsic difference between when say a john egan gets on the ball who again was assured in defense and to be honest he he, he doesn't deserve the team in front of him <laughs> you know same with same with duffy and same with coleman or not, not Coleman. Uh, not your man tonight. Randolph. Uh, like, but with, when Egan gets on the ball, if he's looking for it long, he has a an, an idea of where this ball should go and what it's designed to do. Whereas when Duffy does it, it may look the exact same. The technique might be the exact same, and he, God, he might be thinking the same way as Egan, but it doesn't pull, come off the same way. They're yeah. two different defenders, and they complement each other really well, but. You know when you know when you're a, a, like a defensive midfielder, you're a sitting midfielder, and you have a job. Your job is to recycle ball, play it off to a creative player. 
I just think that Shane Duffy should probably do the same when he has the ball in defence. That like either look for that ball into midfield, look for it down the line where there's there's scope for like somebody to run off a defender or play it back to either a Randolph or Regan. Do you think that um, and Mick McCarthy, since he got the job, and especially in recent last few games when there's been a bit, a few questions asked, he's kind of made it very clear that he's the man in charge. He makes his own decisions. Do you think there was maybe a bit of a sense that he kind of bowed to the pressure tonight, not only in selecting Aaron Connolly when he he wasn't even originally in the squad. I know his hand, he kind of had to do it, but changing the system as well, stuff like that, and then because it completely. Then like it, it became apparent after half an hour that like right this isn't working we haven't worked on this threw it all out the window like we ended the first half with James Collins playing on the left midfield which like I don't know whether I don't know whether I don't think he bowed to the pressure for Connolly I think it was genuinely a case of Connolly was the best player against Georgia with like aside from defenders who didn't have to do much if you're a decent football manager you recognise that and you change your team accordingly. Um, I don't know about many people asking for systemic change. Mm, apart um, from me. Yeah, but you've been calling for that when, you know, <laughs> we have, like if we have a full, like, yeah. we can run the gamut over every Irish player that you can possibly I have. I had accepted at this stage that it wasn't going to happen. But. And then, but it happens in such an inopportune time. I, I hadn't seen any clamour for it. Mm. And so I genuinely think that that's a case of him going off his own back yeah because backfiring spectacularly Mick said before the game he was like we decided to match try and match Switzerland by playing 3-5-2 which is a really dangerous game to play when you're playing against a team who is more talented than you and who has been playing this system for so a long you, time you want to you match you know so your back three like our back three like our defence is our, is our most uh, is our strongest element like but like you look at their back three you've got Akanji Elvedi and Fabian Char versus John Egan, Shane Duffy and uh the end of Stevens as it was. Like like give or take like Akanji and Elvedi are probably better than, you know, some of our players. Fabian Char is on a level of Shane Duffy and then, you know, the rest of them are what they are. But he can hit a ball. He can he hit a ball. Start up front for oh, <laughs> the torn on him. But like then you go down to every single other position and the Swiss are better than us. Yeah. Like it, to be fair, it did improve a bit in the second half uh, when we changed the system. Callum O'Dowda come on and made a bit of a difference. Like, what what do you think changed at the start of the second half when we did yeah, start like, doing a few passes to, together? To a certain extent, I do think it's intent. I also think it like it helps when you've got a player who can come inside and is very comfortable on the ball, like O'Dowda is. And like, again, this goes back to like what I said at the very start about selection. And like I remember Gary, you were talking about this as well about like Richard Coe was like like in you know. You, you, if you look at it really binary terms you're looking at it as like oh like Richard Coe is a good defender John Egan is might, might be a slightly lesser defender I, I actually think that's debatable in itself anyway but like there's more to it than those kind of terms like there's like especially in terms of what he does with the ball and I don't think he, like he can continually set up to be a team that plays without the ball and like that like does I, I, I think that goes a long way to explain what happened in the first half hour actually is the fact that they just seem to be a team really really suited to playing without the ball which is kind of devastating in a sense because you're looking you're lying on set pieces and you've scored what is it six goals in seven games including games against Georgia and Gibraltar which is just like it's just not good enough there's also a case of then if you're setting up to knock and seed whatever whatever way that may be I don't think you like why would you match up you don't you don't match up against against the Swiss team when you know you're going to be without the ball and you're trying to match up but all those players you're trying to match up so then what happens you end up getting done in. 
Like, it did, obviously, like, you would think Seamus Coleman's better than, like, a Stefan Lichtsteiner. That's why I found it bizarre for Conor Hora not to be in the team tonight because he's the one midfielder that actually in this campaign who has got his foot in the ball and passed it. Yeah. And, like, I know he was poor against Georgia, but how many poor performances have Jeff Hendrick and James McLean put in in this campaign and not been punished for it? Like, and especially when you consider that our main goal threat, what do we say every time? Set pieces. Set pieces. And Conor Hora and set piece delivery is much better. Like, when, do you ever remember Glenn Whelan taking corners or delivering set pieces for Ireland? No, all he's, the, always the one, he's always the spare man. Exactly. I, and I, I, I think there's a, there's a way to look at, like, using the ball in the midfield. Like, Whelan will get on the ball. But it's not for a case of to pick a pass to then bring us into the next phase of play. It's to give it to somebody else to give it to the next phase yeah. of play. That's what he's done well. That's what he does well. And there is something admirable about Whelan in that, like, I don't want to get into the you know the the constant James McLean uh, praises that he puts in a shift. And I like I think like ultimately like that isn't good enough. Like you have to have a higher threshold for a footballer, like a international level footballer. I think you you really need to have a bigger expectation of players but like Glenn Whelan does in a similar vein like he never shies away like when other players kind of, it feels like other players kind of are like he, he'll always kind of front up and like I do think there's something kind of admirable in that I actually thought he was pretty good tonight yeah, yeah. I also but, I also think the point like to sort of go over what I was saying about like matching up we matched up and then we didn't press as high as we did when we we pressed them high at the Aviva then you're leaving Glenn Whelan as, as your spare man in the centre mid and that's why he looked that bad again. Well, I don't think, again, in the home match against Switzerland, I didn't think he was that bad. In the first because hour, you, he was bad in that but game. But I, I don't think he was, was particularly bad. What it was, was that he kept on getting bypassed so easily because yeah. we all decided to press up. But you have to leave somebody behind and, like, just to mop up in case they, like, go past that press and then they move into the next phase of play. The problem with Whelan is that he, he has all the tactical nails in the world, but them 35-year-old legs aren't carrying you towards, yeah. like, a Zakaria or even a Granit Xhaka. Like, they're not going they're not going to cut it. We'll keep it moving, lads, because we're not going to stay here too long. It's getting late now, but uh, just late. what Aaron Connolly tonight, like, just, it kind of, in the first 20 minutes or so, there was some encouraging signs, but he was getting isolated. It was kind of, in the end, it t- turned out to be everything that we feared that it would be of him playing up front in that he was left isolated and Switzerland had three centre-halves to deal with him. And he had swapped position. Swapped position. Times, Morris, yeah. what do you think of his performance? Yeah, like, yeah, I, like not much really, but at the same like at the same time, I think like all the Sanders stuff about Endeavour and putting stuff out, I don't I think circumstances definitely didn't lend itself towards him. And I actually think like there's a bang at that about like you can clamour for different inclusions or you know Matt Doherty to come in Matt, like I don't know how good Matt Doherty was last week either um, or this kind of stuff I do think like the overall structure is the biggest problem and like so you, we keep talking about like I, I think in that in that match the best way to utilise Connolly and I get kind of trying to play a ball in behind to him up top with Collins and then you know hopefully one feeds off the other but if they're they're playing three at the back okay whatever can be said about that I think the best option that he had there would be if they're playing that three five two or whatever three four three, play a four four two, have Robinson up there with Collins, have Connolly up on the on the left. I know you're not going to drop McLean. This is all sort of utopian, a <laughs> uh, utopian landscape where McLean is not a McLean in the team. Then Connolly's going up against Lichtsteiner, and you can tell when he came over to Lichtsteiner's side the odd time that. Like, Lichtsteiner, 35 years of age, he'll show Nels, he'll kick him when he needs to be kicked. 
but Connolly knows how to win a free kick or at least recycle the play and move it on to somebody else. And then if we're on the break and Connolly's coming down the left, Lichstein is not catching him. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, but to do that, I think you need to orchestrate circumstances where he's that's, one on one. With but that's members, what I—that's yeah. what I mean. So you've got you—if you play in that kind of in that kind of way, then you could potentially showcase the best of Connolly. Now, not to not to be—that's not to be said. He's not a winger as well. Like he doesn't play on the wing. He's an inside forward kind of player. This modern hybrid. Like he's. Do you so want look at look at like a young Bobby Trout. <laughs> but it could have worked. Like him playing off. Collins could have worked if like they, it's just reliant on quality of ball like exactly like, yeah I, and like I don't know like I, I maybe I was kind of harsh on Collins earlier as well I don't think you can be too critical of Collins or Connolly in that sort of circumstance because it's just so hard when like you're it's, I wouldn't even call it you're feeding off scraps like yeah. you're feeding like off you, morsels like, I can only remember one ball and it was played by Jeff Hendrick where it went over the top but it didn't run out of play. It was perfectly weighted so that Connolly could leg it onto it. And he showed showed why he like he just inexperienced. He just immediately fired the ball across. Collins yeah, was nowhere near him. Even, yeah. And there was nobody there was nobody around him. I yeah, like, he that's, had the one as well in the first half where the ball was just played out in front of him and it kinda of bobbled on the turf. He just like took a step too far beyond it, rolled in past him. Like you, you would have loved to see him kinda of open up there and, and see what could happen. But that's exactly. like, that's as much as do with the surface as it was the ball. I yeah. think that ball though that you're talking about is kinda of the difference between playing in this Ireland team and playing in even like a reasonably poor Premier League team like but Brighton. I, but I don't think so. I think I think that I think somebody would have been there if he was playing for Brighton. Mo like I I I'm no, Neil Mopé is a better player than yeah. James Collins, but I don't think there's any guarantee. The, the thing was that ball went from nearly the edge of our box to their box, and you can't. And that's gone from defensive phase of play to the attacking phase of play really, really quickly. Now, unless you have somebody playing in behind Collins and Connolly, you're not going to have somebody in charging in because Collins is turning around. Now, not to, not to be said if he like obviously runs if he tries to match it and he. You know, has a relationship with Connolly where he knows that that ball's getting fired across. I go in. That's all club teammate yeah, things. Yeah. Or if you're a, like a world class striker, you'd know to do that. But oh uh, yeah, that's why I don't. I don't think that is a particular showcase of why there's a like there's a difference between playing in a poor international team and a poor <laughs> Premier League side. But it's just. It was frustrating for him as well, I'm sure. Like he came off everybody clambering for his inclusion to kind of not being able to do much. Yeah. But again, I can't really blame him for that. I can't blame Collins for it either. Same same with his performance against Georgia. It's one of those whereby well what is he supposed to do? That's and we, need, we need to talk about Seamus Coleman because I and I'm not definitely not gonna be bashing Seamus Coleman because he's all he's done, he's been brilliant for him, but he just seemed off. off tonight but not even in the sense that he wasn't playing well it seemed like he was arguing with people I think what did he was he a bit like he seemed he's a bit melty he pick, seemed to pick a fight he, like he pick a fight with Mbolo at the start of the game he did like, it with he did it with uh, Akanji as well yeah, at like, some point well, I think it was when Akanji felled uh, Callum O'Dowda yeah you're right Jen, the second half yeah. like it's, it's, it wasn't like him at all who he's like I know he can be fiery at times but he's still always very measured in the way he plays I think it's the worst game I can remember him playing for Ireland definitely in the last Three or four years. Yeah, anyway, I, I, I can't. Think. Remember, I can't remember be, him being as poor as that. And like whatever you say about his first, like, but his first yellow was avoidable as well. Hundred percent. He yeah. got it. He got into it with Jacka, and then Jacka, if you want to say, pulled him down to his level. And by that I mean getting a yellow card that you don't <laughs> need to get, that you don't need to get the king of yellow cards, the king of yellows. But I, yeah, I was very, very like perplexed. I just didn't. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why. Why. 
Coleman will be getting into these situations. It's not like when you're captain, you can talk to the referee with a level of authority, but you can't talk to the opposition with like a level of disrespect just because you're the captain. Like. Yeah. I found it weird that we didn't throw on Callum Robinson at some stage as well. I know you can debate the Scott Hogan well, coming two on. subs, yeah. You can debate Scott Hogan coming on, maybe whatever, that's mixed choice, but even for the last 10 minutes there, like, we're losing. Why not take off one of the midfielders, Glenn Whelan, even though he played well like at that I think, stage? I think, yeah, I think you have to take off. You should have taken off Whelan about 10 minutes earlier. Not because he played badly. No, just it's, because it's just, it's purely down to he was bollocks. Like, exactly. He was he's 35 wrecked. years old, played two games Yeah, and he was days. wrecked. And I, he did, he was, it was one of his better performances in an Ireland shirt in modern times because he, he ran himself into the ground and he can't run very particularly quickly, but like, he put in a shift. Yeah, 100%. But, that he needs to be taken off. He's 35 years of age. He's ran on an extremely heavy pitch for 80-odd minutes. He's not able for it on a regular pitch, the most pristine pitch of all time. He wouldn't be able for it if he's running that much. So I don't know why you just go, ah, here, come on, it's one, it's one, it's one nil to them. We try on an extra striker. We see if we can get off it. We can see it's the same as conceding one we concede two. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think, it, again, it all comes back to this thing about Mick holding other players to different players to different standards but look Morris at the end of it we're not qualified tonight we have another chance would you be encouraged would you take away any encouragement from the performance tonight from the second half I think you probably could yeah and like like ultimately <laughs> if you'd offered this Ireland team this chance with like one game at home oh, you took the soup from Mick McCarthy yeah, did you yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the I, like, I think there is something in that but I also think that, you know beyond the surface level there is much more that you can point to and criticism that can be made that I think will happen like over the next couple of months I think like ultimately I think McCarthy's put in a really difficult position he's probably got them as close as it was reasonable in those circumstances that like I, I, I don't know how optimistic I am to be honest Gary but like mm-hmm. like ultimately I think you know the, it, I think right now I've settled for it it could be a lot worse perspective is everything (laughs) I think Ireland to be honest Ireland are lucky I don't know I think was it Richie Sadlier or Liam Brady said it on RT tonight when you think back and go on a game by game basis judge each performance in a vacuum like we're incredibly lucky to still be within one game of winning we we, we win the next game we're in the Euros and, and Brady Brady also alluded to it it was like our position is false our position is false. We didn't play well against Switzerland. We didn't play well against Denmark. We didn't play well against Georgia away. We didn't play well against Gibraltar home or away. The only performance you would look at is Georgia at home. And to be honest, Even then. And to be honest, that's not a 90-minute performance. That was an odd half an hour of good play and then 15 minutes of decent stuff. And then Georgia pile on the pressure at the very end. Yeah. And... We were nearly blessed that we came out without with a 1-0. Like, you have to remember that, I know we have Switzerland and Denmark, who are two good teams, but in terms of the draw we could have got, we avoided all of the big teams. We didn't get a Spain, a Germany, an England. We didn't, we don't have, we don't actually have a sixth seed in this group either. There's only five teams in it. Gibraltar were a fifth seed somehow, so we got by far the worst fifth seed. Judging purely by rankings, I think Georgia, uh, Georgia were the second, not worse than the second, second or worst, third yeah. worst fourth seed. Like, as I was saying to you, though, the Georgia thing is is all perspective as well. Exactly, because like, we've seen Gibraltar score two goals against Georgia tonight. Yeah. George, Gibraltar scored more goals against Georgia in this group than we did. Like that's that. Uh, if we 
like as I said to you, if we were coming up against another fourth seed and it was Luxembourg, everybody go handy six points exactly. against Luxembourg. It's only Georgia, and you have to go out to Tbilisi to play them, and everybody's like, "Thought that they're a, they're a good outfit." Like Luxembourg are a good outfit, didn't they? <laughs> be France, like, yeah. like that. I, I just, I'm not. I was, uh, uh, Sean, just like sum it up for us. Are we going to qualify? Well, are we going to... We, we, we won't talk about the playoffs yet. We crossed that bridge next month if we do have to come to it. Are we going to beat Denmark? No. No, no. No, we won't. Do you remember the last time we had to play them at home yeah. in a must-win game? Yeah. Morris, what do you think? I don't think they will either, no. I am... Look, I'm, I think I'm a bit more enthusiastic than you, but that's... Absolute Gil Gunderson, how are you? It's more... Uh, the fact that I think Ireland can play it despite themselves in anything more than they've actually shown in this group so far. Like, David McGoldrick will be back for that game, you'd hope. He'll be a big boost. Um, Played it 3-5-2 with McGoldrick and Robinson up or, top. Or Connolly. No, Connolly playing behind them. Let's go all out. Let's do them. Let's <laughs> five, do them, boys. 5-1 to Denmark. <laughs> I, actually, we, we've done it before. We tried to be pragmatic, so fuck it. We might as well go out. Considering the circumstances, I think having Matt Doherty in the team again instead of Coleman could be a bit of, not a blessing because Coleman's a good player, but it could be a help in that situation because going forward, he offers more. But if Coleman. we switch up the system and we're playing Doherty, is Doherty a better right full, not right back or right wing back, a right full than Coleman I'm getting into I'm getting into yeah, real semantics here look lads we're not that enthusiastic Morris and Sean don't think we're going to qualify I think we probably won't I think we have a chance I think the lads think we have a chance we have a well. chance I, I yeah they, I, think, I think they will eventually qualify because they've just there's so many chances but I think uh, I see as soon as we I bet we as soon as we lose the playoff they go oh, well, you're in the second division go on I get seen in there. somebody tweeting the, last night and I'm not sure how this works but I think it might be Nate Murphy from off the ball was tweeting that at the moment, we'd be either playing Wales or Slovakia in a semi-final of a playoff in one-off game, followed by most likely Northern Ireland in a final. That's the way it's looking at the that minute. Is, what, how, there, now, there's, there's tasty fixtures. There's tasty fixtures and then there's that. I think judge, I'd rather have... I think we have a better chance of beating Denmark next month than, then than winning those two those of those two. games. Yeah. So, look, beat Denmark. We won't have to worry about it. We go to the Euros. We're going to Bilbao. Look, lads, we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another Boz.ie football show. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Subscribe to all our podcasts and feed wherever you listen to yours. Uh, it wasn't great, but we're still in it. Best of luck. <laughs> <laughs>